Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, or eight Church. My name is Daniel Malone, and it is so good to be with you today. I don't know about you, but this has been a funny season, and uh, I'm speaking to you from my home. Uh, hopefully into your home, wherever you are, uh, watching from a laptop, a TV, a phone. Uh, I believe God wants to speak into your life today. I believe this word is going to help you move forward in this season. I believe that there are going to be principles that you will be able to take that are going to encourage you, impact you, and help you move forward in your life. I want to say this. I love your church. Yes, I love your church. Or a church is so incredible. I remember a couple of years ago being on the A1 late at night, driving to a McDonald's to meet Phil. And uh, Phil at this stage hadn't planted or a church. Uh, it was a dream in his heart. And uh, hearing God uh, just work in him and uh, him speaking of what he believed God had called him to do, him and Anna, uh, we're so grateful for their friendship. Uh, for them in our lives and uh, we're so grateful that you have awesome pastors and leaders that are leading you forward. I want to speak to you from one passage of scripture today, one passage. We're going to camp there for a while. The title of my message is Tents, Tabernacles and Temples. In this season, more than ever, I think it's highlighted some things in our lives. The fact that we need more of God's presence personally, that we can access his presence one-on-one just with him. It's Exodus chapter 33. The people of Israel have left Egypt and Moses is leading them. It's really important. They're camped on a mountain. They're camped waiting for their next step. And we pick up this passage of scripture midway through the journey. It's found in Exodus chapter 33. If you have your Bible, you can read along and we take it up from verse seven. It says this, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away. There was a camp, the people used to camp together, but Moses would take his tent and pitch it some distance away. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside of the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances of their tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance. So you've got all these people in the camp. They're standing watching Moses as he would go into the tent that he had pitched, the tent of meeting. The cloud that housed the presence of God would come down the mountain. Think about it. Come down the mountain and the presence of God, it says in verse 9, as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. 10. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood, worshipped, each at the entrance of their tents. The Lord would speak to Moses, listen to this, face to face, as a man speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Here's an incredible story of Moses encountering the presence of God in his life. The people would look at Moses encountering the presence of God and they would worship 
at a distance, far off. As Moses, God says, communed with him face to face as one speaks to a friend. I love that verse. I want to be a friend of God, especially in this season. I need his friendship. I need his presence more than ever. Park that there for a moment. Have you ever met your childhood hero? Your childhood hero. I have had many heroes growing up, many people that I have loved. Actually, when I was younger, I would have a little autograph book. My dad bought it for me. And uh, if I ever met a B or C lister uh, celebrity, I would run up and I would say, hey guys, can I have your autograph? I loved it. I loved getting autographs. I had a couple of football players. I had a couple of celebrities. I had a couple of uh, band members. I loved it. But there is one person that is my ultimate hero. They are my hero of heroes. In fact, if I met them on the street, I don't know what I would do. I might have a panic attack. I might just scream. I might, I don't know. They are the ultimate hero of, of heroes. I cannot express to you how much they have impacted my life. They have done crazy things throughout their career. This person's name is Steven Gerrard. Yes, you got it. If you're a Liverpool fan, Steven Gerrard. The hero of all heroes. I find it's biblical to support Liverpool. It's a biblical principle. You'll never walk alone. Anyway, I'm praying that some of you will see the light today. Maybe you're a United fan and you thought you were a little bit encouraged recently because there was a few wins under your belt. Liverpool, honestly, are God's chosen people. Anyway, park that there. Steven Gerrard is my hero. When I was 15, he single-handedly turned Liverpool around in the Champions League final, Istanbul, and lifted the Champions League Cup. It was an incredible moment. There are some of you, you're watching right now, you're remembering, you're cheering it on. Steven Gerrard is a legend. I have a friend called Paddy Barrett. Paddy is my best friend. Growing up, Paddy had no interest in football. He literally had no interest. He's more into art, into music, into the creative things in life. No interest in football whatsoever. A few months ago, Paddy texted me. He said, Dan, I'm on a plane. I'm just about to take off. I was like, cool, Paddy, why are you telling me this? He says, you'll never guess who I'm sitting beside, dot, dot, dot. Who, Paddy, I don't know. He says, Stephen Gerrard. I literally was like, this is incredible. I was like, Paddy, tell him about me. Tell him I'm his biggest fan. Tell him that he's impacted by life. Tell him, ask him these questions. What did it feel like winning the Champions League? What was it like to captain Liverpool? Ask him all of these questions. I get a text back. No, Dan. That would be weird. I was like, Paddy, no, you don't understand. You've got to send him all of these questions. Ask him, take a picture. Here, send him this picture of me in my Liverpool jersey. I'm like, come on. He's like, bro, I'm not doing that. I've got a whole flight. That would be awkward. I text him again. I said, okay, well, you just got to get a picture with him. 30 minutes later, the flight takes off, lands. Paddy texts me back. He says, here's a picture. I call him straight away. I said, Paddy, what was it like? Did you ask him? Did you tell him about me? He was like, no, I just, I just took the picture and it was good. And I just sat on the plane, Dan. I'm not weird. I was like, come on, man. What, what was he like? What was I didn't ask him. I was suddenly just like, this is not what I thought it would be. And I realized something really important in this moment. That meeting the person who met your hero is very different to meeting your hero, yourself. 
meter, meeting or encountering, encountering the person who met your hero is different to meeting your hero yourself. It's a completely different experience. And here's what the people of Israel would do. They would stand at the tent and they would look at Moses interacting with the presence of God. I had this thought. I had this thought that I don't want to encounter the person who encountered God. No, I want to encounter God myself. I want a real experience with him. I don't want to live off secondhand scraps. I want to encounter God's presence more than ever, especially in this season. We've realized we can't rely on, on somebody else anymore. We've got to go directly to God ourselves. I believe you and your life can go directly to God yourself. I believe you can have a direct relationship with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, your Savior, your Redeemer, your Healer. He wants a face-to-face -face friendship with you. He wants to impact your life. You can encounter him yourself. We call encountering God the presence of God, getting real with him, getting in relationship with him. I want to give you a couple of things from this text that will help you understand that you can access the presence of God like never before. The first thing about the presence of God that we need to understand is to have the presence of God in our lives, we have to present ourselves to God. We have to present ourselves to him. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it some distance away. He would present himself to God. I want to just break open the presence of God just for a minute. There are two types of the presence of God. God is omnipresent. He is all present. It is a character trait of him. The psalmist puts it like this. Where can I run from your presence, God? If I go to the heights, if I go to the de depths, you are there. God is with you right now. He is in your room or in your house. He is also here with me. He is all present. He is omnipresent. The second type, the presence of God, is the manifest presence of God. Now, this is really important. The manifest presence of God is the felt presence of God, meaning God can be present, but you may not feel him. But when you have the manifest presence of God, it is the felt presence of God in your life. Jeremiah 29, 13 says it like this, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That is the manifest presence of God. Now, what does that look like? Like Moses, I'm going outside of the camp. I'm going away from the chaos, away from the noise, away from the news, away from social media, away from distractions, away from relationships. Yes, everything. And I am going to pitch my tent. I'm getting my Bible open. I'm getting into the word. I'm asking God to help me. I may be journaling a few things. I am actively accessing the presence of God. His omnipresence becomes felt presence. That's a beautiful thought. As Moses would leave the camp, he would access God's presence. So often we throw up a prayer without ever actively asking God's presence to come into our lives. The presence of God is available. It's there. You just have to access it. Verse 11, Moses had entered the tent. It says this, the Lord would speak with Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. I want you to think about a close friend in your life. 
you have built that relationship over time. You have probably had a couple of months or a couple of years under your belt with that person. You are close to them. Here's the second thing we need to know about the presence of God. The presence of God is forged as well as found. It's forged as well as found. That's really important to know. As a Christian, when we encounter Jesus, when we are saved, when he finds us, that's the beginning. We then start a relationship of getting to know him, growing with him, encountering him more and more. You find gold, but it has to be forged in order for it to be beautiful. It's found in the ground, it's, it's taken out, but in order for it to be wearable, for it to be presentable, for it to be on your finger, it has to be forged. I wanna ask you today, can you forge a relationship with God over time? When you do, as Moses did, God actually comes in and builds a face-to-face -face relationship with you. We live in a microwave generation. We live where everything is instantly accessible, instantly attainable. We can get it whenever we want. But actually, God is a God of cultivation. He's not going to expedite something that's going to take time. Building relationship with God takes time. You've got to have patience. You've got to have the desire. You've got to continually, even when you don't feel like it, say, God, I am entering, I am forging relationship with you today. I am entering into relationship with you today. I am growing my knowledge of who you are. I am growing my in-depth understanding of your character because I know it will change and transform me. You might say, well, Daniel, oftentimes I don't, I don't feel the presence of God in my life. I feel like I'm the, the guys who are standing outside the tent, watching other people encountering God, but not encountering God myself. I feel like I'm standing away off and I try, but it's, it's hard. I wanna give you a deeper understanding of the presence of God. This is really important and this is my final point. I love history. And I'm going to unpack what the tent looks like today. Here's the key thing you've got to understand. The presence of God is always accessible and always available. What you have to understand is that as Moses would enter the tent, there were people standing outside. They would stand off at a distance. The veil that was covering the tent would separate them from the presence of God. That was called the tent of meeting. 40 years or so later, God says to Moses, hey, I'm not going to house my presence in the va or the tent of meeting anymore. I want you to build me a tabernacle, a tabernacle that will have the Holy of Holies, a curtain that separates the people from God because of their sin. 400 years later, David says to God, God, I want to build you a house. I'm in this beautiful beautiful kingdom, this beautiful castle, you are in a tabernacle. God says, thank you. I'm going to have your son, Solomon, build me a temple. We've got the tent of meeting. Then we have the tabernacle. And then with Solomon, we have the temple. And inside the temple, there is the Holy of Holies, a, a veil that separates God from the sin outside. Every year, a priest would go in behind the veil and simply bring an atonement or a sacrifice for the sins of the people that year. A thousand years after the temple was built, Jesus comes onto the scene. Game changer. Jesus comes, he 
He shares the life, the salvation, the, the, the presence of God in a real way. He is the depiction of God, that God would come down to earth and, and build relationship with us. Now, it's really important that we understand this, that when Jesus died, there was a cataclysmic change in how we as Christians, believers, enter the presence of God. Really important that when Jesus died, the presence of God became accessible. I want to show you. You would think that after Jesus died, there would be a triumphant scripture or a, a, the angels declared, the people exclaimed, freedom. I don't know what it would be, but there's this very simple but powerful scripture in Matthew 27. It's probably one of the most important scriptures we need to know, but yet never really reference or discuss. It says this, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice on the cross, he gave up his spirit. He died. Watch this. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. At that moment, the veil from the tent of meeting, the veil from the tabernacle, the veil from the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Jesus gave his life so that we could freely access the presence of God. The veil was removed. Why was it removed from top to bottom? Because it was so high. They reckon over 20 foot that no man could rip it from the top and bring it down. No, God tore the veil, the barrier that held us from his presence because of sin. Here is the incredible thing that because of the sacrifice of Jesus today, God, we don't have to go to a tent or go to a temple. No, God has made his temple inside of us. When we ask God, God, I need you right now. His presence is right there wherever you are, whatever the situation, the sickness, the need. He brings his joy. He brings his peace. He brings his healing. He brings his presence because the veil has been torn. The barrier of sin has been taken away. When you enter relationship with Jesus, you have free access to the presence of God. You don't have to stand away off because there's guilt in the way. No, God tore the veil. He took away the divide through his son, Jesus, so that you could access his presence anytime you need it. Hey, if you're in need and you're watching today, God's presence is available to you right now. All you need to do is say, God, I need you. God is a gentleman. He won't force his way in. But when you ask him, he will come. Whatever the situation, whatever the need, whatever your desire, whatever the challenge in your life right now, you can access God's presence. If this season has taught us anything, it's that we can't have as much presence with other people, but we can have presence with God every single minute of every single day. The Bible puts it like this in Deuteronomy 31.6. It says, hey, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Anxieties, fears for the Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave or forsake you. Come on, wherever you are, are you thankful that Jesus went to the cross so you could access his presence? You could access the presence of God today. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And as you access his presence, he starts to change you. He starts to do the work and he starts to move in your life and in your situation. I wanna pray for some of you today. Maybe you're here and you'd say, firstly, I need more of God's presence in my life. 
I'm committing to pitching the tent, so to speak, and accessing God's presence. Wherever you are right now, you can just put up your hand as an act saying, God, I am accessing your presence right now. Thank you. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for every person watching. Thank you for every life that is here on this screen. We thank you, Father, that you hear each and every request. Right now, Father, we pray that we would access your presence more. We thank you that through the sacrifice of Jesus, we can enter relationship with you anytime, any place, with any challenge, any struggle, any fear, and any anxiety. Lord, right now, we step into your presence and we ask you to change and transform us. Thank you that you are with us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, church. We're so grateful that God is moving in your life, moving in your church. We believe great days are ahead for you and your life. We're excited to hear all that God is doing in the days, the months, and years ahead. Come on, let's thank Jesus for all he is doing in our lives, in our church, and thank him for his presence each and every day. We love you from South Africa. We just want to say we're praying for you. We're believing God has great things ahead in store for you. God bless. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.